Out From Work Podcast. My name's Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You're listening to episode 78 today of the podcast and uh, really excited to have a lot of my close close uh, homies here to kick off tonight. Uh, I was just telling these guys here on the live feed that uh, I will be straight honest with you guys. I haven't had a lot of time to find guests to have on and that's what's driving a second solo episode in a row. I just straight haven't had enough time to like book people like I just couldn't do it but I did take that and uh got my ass moving and booked some cool people for after this episode we'll have a bunch of different guests to kind of mix it back up again and I've gotten hit up by some friends to do some cool episodes like some cool joint episodes in December so I know that that's kind of far out but cool um cool episodes to be a part of with uh the plunge podcast doing like a 24 hour live stream for charity to try to raise some more charity before the end of the year. And uh, my buddy Simon from Music on Your Own Terms podcast, who's been on here a couple times doing his 100th episode of his podcast, which we started and kind of chatted through. um, You know, So uh, there's some cool stuff coming on the way. For those of you that were kind of like following along, paying attention to what I was up to so far, I think I spoke too soon on the last episode. I was saying how on Tuesday when it dropped that I would be hanging out in my new property. Well, that didn't happen. So (laughs) it is happening. We're supposed to be doing that tomorrow. But like truly, if you're doing real estate, anything like just know that like we were literally sitting in the closing room and 30 minutes into it, something went down where now it wasn't happening that day. So just know that like you truly don't own it until you have keys to something like I'm fucking telling you that was that felt super shitty. But that's not what this episode is about. This episode is about something different than that. Um, so we can chat offline if you want to know more about what's going on. But we'll we'll announce more when there's more to announce. We've just been like really holding off until it's the right time. So tonight's episode uh gonna be another short one. Hopefully we're aiming for like 30 minutes here because I straight up talk to myself on this mic for 30 minutes and that's like kind of hard to do. But tonight, I wanted to talk about this concept that we've seen throughout the podcast, and it's going to be about, do we, do we buy things with debt or do we buy things without debt in a way to achieve what you're trying to do for your small business or your creative or whatever it is that you're creating or doing? And I think it's applicable pretty much across the board. Like if you're a musician, do you buy the Gibson guitar? Do you really need the Gibson guitar when you, you know, maybe you do, Right when you're a recording engineer, like there's all sorts of software that I use. There's rack equipment. There's, you know, all sorts of things that I use mics and things like that, that I use that I had to buy. And when you're, whatever it is that you do, I'm sure that there's things that you need to do what it is that you're trying to do. Some industries more than others, you know, some things when it's a physical thing or, or whatever, there's a lot of things that you need that cost more money than other people. And so, you know, one thing, if you've been listening through the show, you might've heard the episode with Events United, Tim Messina, who he's running like $75,000 of 
whatever overhead a month or something like he's running tons of shit, but he also has like two gigantic facility company things, right? He talked a lot about it in that episode of how he started his company off of a debt, off of a loan for about four or $5,000 and then almost got a loan later on for more gear to like grow again, but then didn't do it that time. And we've heard that from a bunch of different guests. Some of them are like, go into debt, just start as soon as possible. Like start now, start now. And that idea I don't think is necessarily a bad idea, but I'll break it down in a second. If it's right for you, the reason they're saying that is that if they didn't start sooner, they wouldn't have been as successful as they were. So it was worth that debt for them to do that because they got going, right? And that's where it's going to be like knowing yourself and like knowing what you should do with it. So some people they're, they're talking about, you know, they, they think it's good to go into debt to buy that equipment so that they can get their ass going. They're not saying it for the debt piece, but other people will say, don't go into debt at all. Hold off. Some people think that it makes sense to go into debt to start things sooner while others think that they should be slower to start it to buy the gear and things that they need with no debt. And I think that that solely depends on who you are, what stage of the game you're at, and what industry you do. And so it's it, I'm going to go based off of what I know. I'm not going to know every single industry that you guys do and what that makes sense for and plays into what you do. But uh, I just want to talk about this like chicken or the egg type of concept here, which is like, I can't get the gear if I don't have money, but I can't spend the money to have the overhead if I'm not going to be able to survive for three to six months with that overhead, right? To like get something going. And it's really difficult to think about because you don't want to be in a position where you have so much overhead because you have debt and you owe bills and you have overhead from your space and whatever it is. You don't want to have so much overhead that you can't survive. You can't take risks. You can't be fear free of how you get something going. You need to be really calm and be able to make choices that you want to make to take other risks. You can't have so much risk on top of you just by waking up in the day because you just have bills stacked up that you can't take risks. So like that is bad. But at the same time, it does take a certain amount of investment to do some things. There's a lot of things that you can kind of piece together and make happen. There's a lot of free things that you can use for a ton of different things to make something happen. But once again, it depends on what you're trying to do. And that's where it's going to come into thinking about what you really have to do. So I'm going to just go through some of the decisions I've made and kind of talk about this a little bit. With debt and starting faster and all of that, that is where you need to know what you're, what you're, what you're after for it. Like when I got started on my own on the freelance, at that time, I believed that I was going to be doing more live sound. And I was trying to be smart in my purchasing of trying to get something that could do live sound in studio. So I bought a board and I bought a board with debt. And I regret it because I was anticipating what my business would be before I was doing it. So I said, okay, I, I see my ability to do this and I'm assuming I'm going to do this. But before I had the demand, I decided that that's what I was going to do. And I don't think at that time, my intuition was sharp enough to know what it was going to look like for my business. 
Now that's not to say that you don't come up with stuff and, and with your gut and then like, it's the right thing to do. And you can lean into that. Like sometimes that makes a lot of sense. But at that time I made a decision that wasn't based off of the market telling me what to do. It was a decision based off of my intuition. And I went into debt for that board. And granted, I still did that in a way where it was like interest-free. So, I mean, I wasn't technically hurting myself in terms of finance and things like that. I was still trying to be smart about it, but at the same time, I still signed something where I'm paying something monthly for an amount of time that made it harder for me to make more decisions quicker. And I didn't really have to do that because I could have just used a two input interface to do all the mixing that I wanted to do and not buy a 32 channel board. Cause I did do like live sound gigs, but I did them enough to know that I didn't want to do them and sold that friggin' board for my interface that I have now. So it's like, it's kind of crazy with that. So when I was in, this is where I've been thinking about this, this concept. When I was in school doing my MBA, there's a lot of things that it, you know, taught me. There's a lot of things that I didn't feel like were a good ways, you know, a good spend of time in it. With that, there's this thing in, in business when you're looking at economics, if you if you haven't taken any courses like that, when you're looking at economics, there's this thing, the system of, of like the first in, like, I think it's like LIFO and FIFO. It's like first in last out or like last in first out, like a a management system of inventory that's applicable to like restaurants or like say technology, like say you're an Apple store and you don't want to buy so many computers of a certain year and then have too many of them. So that that way the you know they depreciate quickly in time that's something that depreciates very quickly technology same thing with food like almost the same rate it's like literally that fast you don't want to buy too many of them and then put them on the back shelf and then sell these other you know newer units before them or whatever and make it in some way where all of a sudden you have this this excess of something that's now not worth as much right so it's just this concept of thinking about inventory management where when do i sell this thing in line that's all you really have to know about that. I'm not going to go super in depth with that because I don't really care about it too much. Basically, there's the system of how we're going to inventory manage, right? Now, I want to take that for creatives and put this into starting the creative business of thinking about a just-in-time way of buying your shit. <laughs> so, just-in-time buying is is part of a lean business model of the modern time right now where we have gotten so good at projecting things based off of all the big data that we collect right now. We have given the sell, ourselves the ability to like really, you know, when I was working at for Verizon, we would have things drop shipped so accurately of how they were measuring that inventory that I would get things in that day that I needed to sell that out of there. Like it was literally that accurate that I would have things just in time to sell. And the reason why that was really good for the business is I was never, I, it still happened. They were still off with some things, but there there was way less excess of having those things that we didn't need to sell at that time. And so when it comes back to you as a freelancer, as a creative, as a small business, this just-in-time concept of buying your stuff I think is really good for being accurate about what you should buy. First of all, like not being like me when my younger days of like, I think I'm going to do live sound. So I'll buy this board. You're seeing what the market is asking you to do, right? 
You're seeing what you need directly for what's in front of you. The other concept of it is that you are not going into debt if you don't need to. And if you need to, it's really, really justified. So just-in-time purchasing for a creative or a freelancer, I think, is really important. And sometimes it can be really difficult because, let's just be honest here, we want to look really friggin' good with what we're doing. Like, I like the big thing in the audio industry for me is there's still a debate going on about whether you should buy analog gear or digital gear. One's better than the other, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, like it's still more impressive for most people when they walk into the studio and they see the racks, the walls of rack equipment, the huge analog console, like that shit is beautiful. It does sound amazing. I absolutely love working on all of it. So like, don't get me wrong on any of that. However, I am using an audio interface right here. I freelance out of a studio with all of that. So I still use all of that and a lot of my stuff. But when I'm building this studio build that I'm going to be working on, I still haven't made up my mind. I'm probably not going to have quite as much rack and I may not have a console. And that hurts me in like the creative soul for me. But like, I'm thinking about like, how much do I, how, how cool am I with these, you know, universal audio plugins that I'm using that I think sound fantastic versus this rack equipment and the price differences, like sometimes it just needs to be justified. Don't get me wrong out there. If you are buying something that is going to create the vibe and get people in the right headspace, like if you buy that equipment and that truly does make your clients like super pumped when they come in, or it truly does like change their perspective or their mindset on it. Like sometimes that's like an investment that's worth it. So I don't want to take that away from you. And I don't know your industry enough to know some of those things. But like what I'm saying with this is, I think I've talked on here about it with some of my projects when I got more, you know, smarter about what I was doing with it. I would literally take a deposit for the project and use that to go buy the equipment that I needed for the project. And I still do that very frequently today. I still pretty much do that for everything. Like I do buy gear, like I guess for the most part, if it's like a huge time saving thing or you know, if it's going to do something for me that is extra for purchasing things. Like I, I have taken gigs where maybe it was a live sound gig. Maybe it was a studio gig and it was a very specific thing where I didn't actually have the gear that I needed to perform that, but I knew exactly what I would need and I had used it before. So it would have gotten me in trouble if I had done this with stuff that I like actually wasn't educated on at all and just bought the stuff for the gig to like do it like by the seat of my pants. That would have got me in trouble because I, I don't want you to go out there and like do something that you legit don't know how to use the gear, but you know that you need it for the gig and then like you just do it. Uh, some of you might be cool enough to do that, but what I'm saying is like, I, I knew what this gear was. I knew how to use it and I knew that it needed to be used for that gig. And I also knew that I didn't have it, but I would say to people that I can do the gig and it'd be this amount of money and this would be the deposit. I would go take the deposit and then I would go buy the equipment or I would take out debt, but I would take out debt knowing that the full balance would pay for that equipment and that I would use that on other projects. And then I would buy that equipment, use that gig, and then pay it off immediately. So like this concept of just-in-time purchasing for artists, 
I think is going to help people where one big thing I don't want to have happen. I don't want anyone that I know to ever not create because they think that they need gear really hot and heavy about that. And uh, if you talk to Robot Dog Studios, who's been on here before me and him hung out in Burlington, Vermont a couple weeks back and we chatted on this for like a while because he does a lot of shootout videos between like $3,000 preamps and, you know, $20 preamps. And he does shootout videos on gear to show that point of, yes, this makes it better, but like the amount sometimes isn't worth it for what you're trying to do. And so I think that I, I, you know, I don't want anyone out there to not start doing things because they don't have gear and they feel paralyzed by it. But I also don't want people to buy gear that they don't need and slow themselves down from doing what they're actually supposed to do. I think it's really easy to tell yourself that because you don't have the best mic that you can't start a podcast. It's really easy to tell yourself because you don't have the best computer in the world and the nicest software that you can't start recording from home. That if you don't have, I don't know, X, fill in the blank, like we all do it where if I don't have this thing, I really can't do this thing. And it's like, can you do the thing though for, you know, with something else for the meantime? Is there is there a way to make that happen without doing that? And then if you need it, then then get it. And so, you know, the last thing that I'd say here on this concept would be kind of in line with it, not necessarily the opposite, would be saving a dollar for spending time is kind of a different concept entirely than this just-in-time purchasing. But I think it kind of goes with it too, because it's all in how are you making a buying decision for the things that you need to do what you're doing and you know, there are things that I wouldn't spend on a subscription and not care about, right? There are some things that I use for like file transfer and feedback from artists for, for like mix notes and things like that and mastering. And there's things that I, I pay about 70 bucks a month of overhead to do, but they save me so much time that I have no problem spending that gear and things like that, you still have to think about that too, where, you know, something might be that thousand dollar thing versus like the $200 option. But if a thousand dollar thing legitimately saves you X amount of time, you have to break that down and like actually think about how much your time is worth. If your time isn't like, isn't that packed up, maybe it makes sense to take a whole weekend and go like take something and fix it up. Or maybe it makes sense to I don't know. Like I I make these decisions all the time for this next property. I'm legit going to take all the shingles off of this roof. And we already have like roofing material. I'm going to get up there for like a weekend and spend my time to take all these shingles off the roof. I'm doing that to save like $5,000 worth of labor that would be tacked onto that. For me, that is worth it. That's definitely worth the time. But I don't know for let's say like these mixed revision notes or something like that, there's other transferring programs that I would save easily like 30 or $40 a month to use those. They would do the same thing in terms of getting things over, but I save hours and hours, like literally five to 10 hours a week 
because I use this software that makes it so that all my clients talk in the same spot, all communication is in line the same way, and all of it shows me exactly what I need to do. For me, it's worth it to spend that because I don't have those five to 10 hours for me. I could be generating a lot of time or I can be doing a lot with my friends and family. And all of that is more value to me than it is to spend that money. So the two concepts here would be just in time buying, buying things only when you need to buy them for the project and knowing that you don't need gear and you don't need the best things ever to start, right? Make it a problem first. We just did uh, another episode a little bit back on make it a problem first. Also has a concept here for buying. Make it a problem first. Like I friggin' need this thing to do my job better or I need this thing to be a better artist at this time for this thing because it's going to do X, Y, and Z. And just know like what is that actually doing for you in time and quality, right? And the other concept is not saving on the things that you shouldn't be essentially. Like where should you save? Like Right now, in this room right here, I mean, my monitors, like I, I should upgrade those because they'd probably save me time for my mixing because I have to check on more references because I can't trust these as much because they're, they're, they're okay, but they're not great. These headphones were 150 and are pretty, pretty darn good as taboo as it is for mixing. And I'm pretty darn used to them where this room is really expensive for me to fix right now. It's not worth it for me. So I'm I'm making an investment in something that that will save me time, will bring that quality, but I'm not spending money on the things where it's not worth it at this time. When I get a space where the room's treated perfect, then it probably makes sense to have these monitors treated perfect because of the amount of time and everything it's going to bring back. So hopefully that was helpful for you guys. I I want everyone to not get in debt unless you have to and not not buy gear that you need if you have to. And that's where it's really tricky for me to talk about it because I don't really know what you are doing. Like that's like a more one-on-one thing when I'm talking to people. The biggest thing that I see that stops people from doing what they want to do is how much overhead they have. And I want all of you to do exactly what you want to do every day. So thank you guys for listening to the Waking Up From Work podcast. Very short episode today. I did that intentionally. Next week, we are going to have on TJ Vegas, who is a rapper, a promoter, a he has a brand called Just Plain Filthy, good friend of mine who has been awesome to me and, and given me a place to play with my bands for years here. And we're going to talk on all those things right there. He does a lot of different things, and I think it's really interesting with the blend. Just the other week, it's you know Just Plain Filthy. It kind of sounds a little gritty, right? He's like a, a wrestling rapper, hardcore kid. Like he's just like a, a mix of those things. And just plain filthy, I was wearing it the other day. I had like three old women complimenting on me in the row. And I'm like sitting there, I'm like, hey, I look like a punk right now. Why are all these old women complimenting me? One of his shirts has really good things on it. It says like, you know, like not talking about religion or gender, like all these things to like just not give a shit about that. And it was just funny to like wear a shirt where I, you know, I felt like I was dressed punk and people were still complimenting from ever every end because it was just a good message. So next week, episode 79, the Waking Up From Work podcast should be fun. Come hang here next Thursday and uh, hit me up and let me know about some of the stuff that you are buying or not buying and make me more aware of uh, 
what's out there for other industries and shit. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Have an awesome night. <laughs>